What if everything you thought and believed about successful buying, selling, and financing your home was wrong? Welcome to HomeWise with Michael Midget. This is where you can count on straightforward, objective advice on the right way to make the most out of every dollar you put into your home. Whether it's buying, selling, or financing, even maintaining and growing its value along the way. Coming to you from the News Talk STL studios at Union Station in St. Louis. Welcome to HomeWise. I'm Stal Pontikas with the host of HomeWise, Michael Midget. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. Welcome aboard. We're glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're here, Michael. Good to see you, buddy. I'm sure you've got uh, plenty of items to cover in today's show, so uh, I'm ready. I do, Stel. Thanks. Um, today, okay, so we are jam-packed, like, end-to-end again, so I'm going to have to hustle just to even get through it. All right. So uh, I'm just going to jump right in. As you know, if you've been following the show, uh, we've been talking about, uh, basically we've been talking about money and financing and how that works together, uh, particularly in the areas of debt and credit cards. Uh, I've shared what my plan or my system is for eliminating debt. I shared what uh, what debt consolidation is and how it how it plays into that. And I brought that up because that's a very common thing that you're probably hearing a lot about today. Uh, people in my industry, the mortgage industry, um, you know, refinances are basically dead, like a traditional just dollar for dollar, refi- you know, you know, mm. re- you know, refinance. So, um, you know, well, the go to is for cash out, cash out refinance, you know, and uh, so there's, you know, classic cash out refinances to pay off debt. So you'll see those, you know, you'll see those advertised. I've shared the, uh, you know, the numbers, the figures, the analysis on that uh, in a general way, but is in a way that captured what I, I think is the, gives you the essence of what the analysis is going to show for the vast majority of those plans, which is they just, they just don't work right now because, if you have an extremely low rate first mortgage right now, it's a massive hurdle to overcome uh, to benefit from the paying off of debt with a new mortgage that goes to replace that existing mortgage. So my workaround or fix for that was leave the existing first mortgage in place and use a home equity line of credit. Now, I said as I was going through that, that there was a bigger picture, a bigger framework uh, that I was going to get into it you know it was too big for the show where we you know it really it needed its own show uh turns out that it probably needs more than one show but i'm going to try to cram it all in here together today um so this is um it's based on a concept it's the most powerful process in the financial universe that this would this will stand up to that okay now, if I just came right out and told you what it was, uh, you would draw the wrong conclusion, you would get the wrong idea, and you would tune out, right? Because the terminology will lead you down the wrong road because of the meaning that we assign to words today. So I'm not, I'm not going to do you the disservice and do that. But follow along with me. I promise we will get to, we will get to the promised land <laughs> with this. Okay. All right. So... Um, Let's start with a concept that we've, well, I mean, it's really the underpinnings of the entire idea of what we've been talking about with the financing of homes, which is 
the question buy versus rent, right? Is it better to buy your home or is it better to rent your home? And the answer to that is it's one's not necessarily better or worse for everybody. It's, you know, it's an individual decision. It's what's right for you. And there are a myriad of factors that play into um, what that decision is going to be. If it's, you know, if it's the right decision for you. Um, And if you are new to the show and this is a completely new concept to you, uh, go to homewiseradio.com. All of the previous shows are on there. You can go back, you can listen, you can pause, you can rewind, you can fast forward. Uh, heck, I think you can even download them mm-hmm. if you want because it's in a podcast format. Sure. So you can go back. There's a wealth of information there. I've held nothing back. Um, just, you know, if you want to go even if you have been listening but you want to review something, uh, or if you just want to see a cool website, go check, <laughs> go check it out. Um, it's newly redesigned. You can actually find stuff on there now, and I think it it at least shows a lot better. So good. Again, homewiseradio.com. Um, go check that out. But this idea of buy versus rent, right? So most people, if you you know, if you asked them, and you know, you have the financial wherewithal, you're qualified, you're going to stay put for a while. Let's say you're getting married, or you're starting a family, or you have a family, you're going to say that it's better to buy and own versus rent and pay, or you know, pay rent to somebody else, right? It pay that expense because when you make payments, you build equity. Okay, now that's the financial side of it. And I realize there's an entire emotional side to it that goes well beyond just just the financial thing. And so this idea of buy versus rent in uh, relation to or context of the family home is kind of an easy one, right? And it's where we've, you know, we've already beat this idea up pretty good. Uh, I think we've covered it from just about just about every angle. But even this simple idea has its underpinnings in what I'm about to share today, right? So It's a new way to, or different way to look at, uh, let's say it's a different framework, right? So what you're going to find is that everything I've been talking about is a specific application of another idea, okay? So own your home, family home, it's a good idea. When you make payments, you build equity. Uh, Then the home goes up in value over time and you build more equity, See, so you've got two mechanisms there working to build your personal wealth and, um, you know, versus paying rent, which is no equity, uh, rent goes up over time. So you've got that, you've got that, that aspect of it. And just in general, you know, people feel like they're throwing money away when they're renting. All right. So, but that's an easy one. All right. How about business property? Right. So let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're self-employed and, um, you have to have a building, right? You need a location. Maybe you rent an office. Maybe you rent an office suite. Maybe you have a storefront. Maybe you have a, you know, a strip mall or something, but you are, you are paying, you you know, you, you need a space for your business. Now, I've been a business owner for, gosh, since 96. So I don't know, do 20, 27, 28 years mm-hmm. now, 27 like years. That. Yeah. Um, I lose count. It's, it's, it's been too long, but it was a, and I'll call it a fantasy because for most it is a fantasy <laughs> to own your own space, right? Own your own building, 
right? Everybody wants to own their own thing, especially if you're a business owner. It's kind of like built into the fabric of the way you think. You know, I'm an owner. I have ownership. It's it's well, it's like in my soul. It's who I am. You know, I'm just I'm just built to own stuff. <laughs> built to own stuff. And uh, so own your own space, right? And so when you're thinking about this, especially when you're doing the books, this is like, it's it's sexy, you know, like, mm. you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to own the building. So my writ goes away. I don't have to mess with that darn landlord anymore. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about, you know, the rent term, right? Cause you know, when you're, you know, when you're renting office space, you're renting for at least three years, you know, even five is on the short side. Most landlords want 10 years. Mm. And if you're going to go with three, you're going to, you know, they're, you know, they're not going to put the resources into that that you might need or, and, or you're going to pay a higher rate uh, versus a longer term lease where they're willing to throw more at you because that's more, more, you know, more in their favor. But even if you have a long-term lease, you still, you're going to be, you know, you still may have escalation clauses in there that rent just goes, it just tends to go up over time like everything else. Why? Well, because of inflation, taxes go up all that goes up. Plus as the value goes up, a, you know, a business owner is looking at, you know, the landlord is a business owner, separate business owner, and he's looking to get a better, he's got to maintain the return on his building. So if the rent stayed the same, but the value went up, the costs went up because they go up over time, his profit would go down and that would make it a bad, you know, his business, his, his, his building would lose value if he did that. Right. So um, he's got to, you know, that rent's got to go up over time. But if you're an owner and you own the building, so when you make that mortgage payment, it's just like when you own your home, um, you're building equity. Plus you're locking that cost in over time uh, to a greater degree than you are with, you know, with a lease. And um, you start thinking, you get in your mind that, hey, you know what, as I, you know, I own this building, it's a separate business, it's a separate thing of value. It's a separate asset. You can see it, you know, on your balance sheet, or if it's a separate set up as a separate company, you'll see that on the, on its balance sheet. It's a separate or a second store of capital. All right. And so I want to focus on that word for a minute, that word capital, because we're going to hear a lot about that as we, as we move forward through this. All right. So capital, the equity that's in the building, right? So when you make a down payment that goes straight into equity, that's your capital in it. And then over time as a building, you know, if it goes up in value, um, you're going to, that's, that's growing your capital as you make payments and you pay the loan down, that's growing your capital. It's converting those payments into additional capital and that. And so, and then you start thinking the, Oh, you know what I have, if I get the right kind of building, I could rent out the extra space, right? So maybe it's an office building and it's two floors and like, well, I could have one floor for myself and I could rent out the other floor. And then you start thinking like, oh, wow, that rent would go to offset my mortgage payment, right? And so now, I mean, and it's really, I mean, it's an easy kind of thing to start to think about. Uh, and it's fun looking at buildings too, um, you know, because it's that, it you know, it's that whole ownership thing. But when you do that, you start to, entertain the idea of becoming your own landlord, right? And you, and you're probably even going to set it up that way. You're probably going to incorporate that building separately and run it as a whole separate business that then that business turns around and rents to your existing business. So really the existing business that you were in, that you started looking at the building for, for the first place is still a tenant, 
right? But you own the building, right? So, but it's a structural thing there. But you become you become your own landlord, right? So we're starting to see a trend here with these examples. The first one, remember, buy versus rent, family home, better to own, business property, it's nice to own. We can things that are consistent with what a business owner believes and what he can do by owning that business, making an additional business, protect his capital and things like that. So now we're going to make a jump. Okay. Bear with me here, but still in the buy versus rent. What about your money and your capital? Right. So there, you know, there's that word again. All right. So now don't let, don't let the terminology fool you here. Okay. In the example I just gave you, Real estate equity is, you know, is a form of capital and it's good to own your own equity versus uh, the landlord owning the equity, assuming the landlord is, you know, is someone else. You own your own store of capital. All right. So it's easy to see when you are talking about real estate, which is why I started with these two specific examples, because this concept is kind of baked into the fabric of the way these industries already work, right? But there's a, there's, a, there's a concept in here that we can extract once we recognize it, and we will see that it doesn't necessarily apply to other places in life. So I'm going to, I'm going to tie all this together, but what I'm going to leave you with for right now before we go to break is the idea of how to be your own bank. Right, because that is the function of uh, you know the buy versus rent idea when it comes to money and capital. Do you rent your money or do you own your money? Do you rent your capital or do you own your capital? Are you dependent on the bank for your capital or do you have your own store of capital? And more importantly, what is your mindset with how you deal within that? within that arena. Okay. So when we come back, we, we will dig into that, but how to be, how to be your own bank. Okay. We'll take a quick break right here. You're listening to HomeWise. That's Michael Midget. I'm Stal Ponticus. Glad that you're along for this week's edition of the show. And we will return in just a moment. Welcome back to HomeWise. I'm Stel Ponticus with the host of the show, Michael Midget. We're in the middle of our discussion here. So, Michael, take it away, buddy. Thanks, Stel. So, if you're just joining us, we are we're talking about something I call the most powerful financial concept there is in, in the financial universe. Okay? Uh, basically, that's the process of how to be your own bank. All right? When it comes to renting money. So I compared and contrasted that idea without telling you what the idea was with regards to the family home and then for the ownership of a business property, you know, a business piece of real estate. That concept is woven into the fabric of those industries because of the way they're typically bought and sold. But we're going to now we're going to jump out of that a little bit. We're going to tiptoe, but we're still going to stick with a uh, with a familiar example. All right, so um, that that example that we're going to that we're going to start with is the debt consolidation loan. 
right? The home equity line of credit, same one that we've been talking about. All right. So we've been using it, talking about a HELOC uh, as a debt consolidation loan, using it to eliminate credit card debt like credit cards. That is a form of this concept that I'm talking about. Be your own bank, right? Give us a definition of HELOC. Oh, sorry. Home equity line of credit. Okay. Okay. So, um, that is a form of being your own bank, whether you realize it or not. So let's peel it apart and then we'll put it together inside the new framework and you'll, you'll, you'll see what I mean. All right. So let's go back and revisit that original example. So in the original example, we were talking about $30,000 of credit card debt, right? And say it's spread across, you know, a few or more different accounts. So several, let's say they're credit cards. And I think we assumed an average interest rate of 24%. Mm-hmm. And uh, at 24%, the monthly payment's going to be about 3% of the balance each month. So if you have 30000 in debt, that's going to be $900 in payments. And so if I came in and I used a home equity line of credit to consolidate those payments together, um, even at a 12% rate, which is on the high side, right now, right? But I'm, I'm choosing 12 because it's conservative uh, and it also, uh, it makes the math easy. I was going to say it does. Um, <laughs> it makes the math very easy. Um, that would give you a month and I'm assuming an, you know, an interest only payment because that's how most home equity lines are. Not all, but most. Um, the, the, uh, the monthly interest only payment would be $300. So one, you know, 1% of the balance. Mm-hmm. That makes your margin or your savings $600, right? So 900 minus 300 is $600. Now, as I've said before, debt consolidation is a tool. It's not a solution. You need to take that $600 and you need to plow it back into the debt in the form of a debt elimination plan in order to reap the benefits of that $600 or you need to do something else with that $600 that delivers an equal or greater financial benefit to that, which we can do by paying off, paying off the debt. In other words, don't settle for a partial solution, which is what the consolidation is. It's really not a solution at all. It's just a tool, but it will not get you to where you want to go. The vast majority of the time for the vast, for the main reasons why People do debt consolidations in the first place. See, they think that it's going to save them money, which it does on a monthly, it saves them cash flow on a monthly basis. But overall, see that $300 interest only payment lasts forever. How much interest are you going to pay on that if you just pay it out? Well, you'll pay an infinite amount of interest because there is no principal reduction. Simple interest loan, by the way, all (laughs) installment loans nowadays are simple interest Mm. loans. We don't have that rule of 78s anymore. Uh, and I'm not going to go into that because they're, they don't even exist, but, um, that loan will never pay off because there is no, it's, it's not an amortized loan. So without some plan of how you're going to get rid of the debt, it will never go. Right. And so that actually potentially could be worse than the credit cards if you don't do something beneficial with the 600. So if you take the 600 and you just burn it, Right? Just wind up spending it frivolously. Well, yeah, like okay, so if it if you just leave it in the account and it's it's not earmarked for something, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about earmarking money for things. If it's not earmarked, it will evaporate because it has no place to go. It's not 
targeted to something, um, it just disappears. It just money has the tendency to disappear. Okay. Just believe me on that. <laughs> uh, you got to have, you got to earmark it for something, right? And so, you know, you're either going to earmark it for debt elimination, which is to pay back the loan that you just took out, or you could take it and, you know, just to keep it simple, you could invest it in a mutual fund. Okay. Now, I don't promote, you know, taking out home equity loans to borrow funds to, uh, put into the stock market. By the way, that's really not exactly what that is, but in a roundabout way, it sort of leans in that direction because the savings with, you know, the savings is coming from the consolidation of the debt, which was the, in, the shifting of that debt over, but then you're taking a benefit from that and putting that into market. And if you lose it, well, now you don't, mm. you don't have your financial benefit anymore. But the idea is that you have to do something beyond that. And the reason I'm belaboring that point, I belabored it since the very first day we started talking about this. I said the way Dave Ramsey felt about it. I said why he feels that way. I told you that I don't disagree with him. I just think he's being short-sighted and not giving people the benefit of the doubt. Now, maybe in his world, his people, they can't control themselves and they don't. I mean, I don't know because I'm not a Dave Ramsey type person. Mm-hmm. If that's what they need, if, if you are, that, that's okay. There's no judgments here. If that's what you need in order to make this work for you, more power to you. The main thing that we care about, really, honestly, the only thing is just what the bottom line, you know, result is going to be, you know, whatever it takes for you to have success with this. All right. But in my world, it's just, we're, you know, we're, we're focused on getting that, you know, getting that, getting that financial, financial benefit. So, um, I say plow that, plow that 600 back into the, into the plan. So let's unpack this in a be your own bank framework. All right. So home equity. In order for you, so we, so we took out a home equity line of credit to use to consolidate the debt. So let's say that we didn't, we didn't use the home equity line. And you wanted to use home equity because the home equity line is based on home equity. You were going to use the home equity. Could you use your home equity to pay off your credit card debt? And the answer is yes. There's two ways you could do that. Okay. Way number one is you could sell the house okay, to Whoa. access the capital. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a hypothetical. I'm not saying this is what you should do. This is just a possibility, right? An option. It's an option. All right. Um, by the way, these are not in order. Uh, they're not in any particular order. They just where I'm going to start. Okay, you could sell the house to access the equity, or in this other other word is capital. There's that word again. Then consume that capital in exchange for paying off the debts. Right. So you pay off the house, you get the equity, you take the equity, you send it to the credit card companies. Now the credit cards are paid off, and your credit cards are paid off. You accomplished, you accomplished the goal. But in the process of that, what did we lose? You lost the home. You lost the capital. We exactly. You lost the capital, right? Mm. So yeah, the obvious answer is, well, you don't have your home anymore, right? And that creates a whole problem because you got to live somewhere. See, all this stuff is connected, right? And make it up last night or the week before it's all connected. It's all part of one big idea it's just so big that you, it's difficult to look at. I mean, you got to get so far away from it to see the whole thing. And the farther away you get, the more 
kind of jumbled it, it gets. So you got to kind of feel your way through it bit by bit by bit. Um, it's taken me years to put all of this together in, in, in the way that I've done it. And it's even more of a challenge to put it together in a way that is communicable so that, so that it, you know, so that it makes sense. But the, you know, the obvious thing is you don't have the house anymore, right? So now you don't have a place to live, but <laughs> financially you don't have the house anymore. So you don't have the equity and you don't have the asset anymore. You don't have the equity anymore. You spent your capital. You don't have your capital anymore. All right. So in business, see, that's a bad, that's a bad deal. Well, now we don't have our capital anymore. We lost our capital base. It's difficult to be in business. See, now, let me, now let's, let's compare and contrast that with option number two, okay? So option number two is you could keep the house, right? You can keep the equity. In other words, hang on to your capital. And um, instead of selling it to access it, you could access it by collateralizing a loan with it, a home equity line of credit to access that equity and get, 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 get access to the capital. Now, that was just a fancy roundabout way of saying, hey, I took out a home equity loan in my house that paid off my credit cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, But that kind of slang, simple, I've heard it a million times way, does not lead you to believe that there's any greater system or framework inside. And actually what it does is it, it, it makes you more prone to fall, I guess, pray, pray to the possibility that you might not realize that it's only a partial solution, right? Inside the bank model, the be your own bank model, you would never do that because you would break the rules. Now I've it, now in my world when I said consolidation, elimination, I've created some terms there for you, and I put it together into a into a framework. Um, it's not the end all framework, but it's enough of a framework to for me to get to the to the key piece, which is, and then you gotta apply the savings or the margin to the debt to pay it off. Otherwise you don't, you don't get to where you're going, but that's still short-sighted. And the reason that it's short-sighted is because what doesn't answer the question, well, what do I do after the debt's gone? Okay. Hmm. It's like, it's a, it's like a, it's like, it's a, just a chunk of something right now. It's a better chunk than just the consolidation by itself. But see, the consolidation is a tool that sits inside a plan and the plan turns out that it's just a chunk of something. So it's like, you know, that what's that thing they call the Russian dolls where it's oh, yeah. the doll inside of the doll inside the doll. And, you yes. keep, and you, as you keep opening them up. So once you get them all opened <laughs> up and you've got them lined out, when you go to put them away, it's like you're taking one and you're putting inside the other one, close it up, put it inside the other one, close it up. Put it inside, and it's these things that keep fitting on top of each other, Right. Well, this is kind of like that, mm. okay? Consolidation related to the eliminate to, to the the idea of debt elimination. Then the idea of debt elimination, which is in and of itself, is short sighted, and it is actually a piece of a bigger framework, which is this banking framework that I'm introducing you to today. So, and and by the way, again, if I've covered something that if you're new and you feel like you've missed something, 
uh, homewiseradio.com. You can find you can find everything there. If you're not, if because this is this is new, okay. So, um, you know, you can get the podcast after after the fact at the same place, homewiseradio.com. You can pause it. You can fast forward. You can revert. You know, you can do all the things. Go back and kind of go through this step by step by step. Maybe take some notes. You can draw some things out. Um, this is this is key to. If you get this piece right, it really kind of almost solves. I mean, it. I designed it to be a a functional end to end money system. Like you know, like people want to know, like how do you, how do you manage your finances? How what do you do? With, what what do you do with your money? Somewhere inside of this is the answer. It answers everything. It answers it in the simplest way possible. Meaning. It's not 47 different things that you have to do in order to get this thing to work. It's really like a handful of three, four, maybe five. And then that <laughs> those 47 things are all built into and covered when you make those five, you know, when you make those five steps. So, and it's just, it, it's kind of uncanny how when you look at some of these other things. So even the simple act, seemingly simple act of buying a home, right? I can fit that. When I say, here's how much you should put down, uh, should you pay off debt with that or not? Should you pay PMI or not? Should you do whatever? And I come up with an answer that, well, that doesn't sound quite right. Why would I, why, why would I want to pay a higher rate if I, or, you know, take the loan like a low, like less down, um, pay PMI, which equates to a higher rate and all that kind of stuff. And I say that, because your financial picture is bigger than just the loan that we're looking at or the transaction that we're looking at. It's transactions that in relationship to all the other transactions. Well, the part that I haven't said about all that is that is all occurring inside of a bigger, a bigger system. Now, whether we want to recognize it and look at it in this way or not, doesn't change the fact that it is. Okay. So you do banking every day. Okay. There's no, you know, there is no getting around it. It's just when I say that word bank, you think of a building down the street and that's not what I'm talking about. Mm. Right. So this isn't, I want you to go buy a bank. I don't want you to start a bank. Uh, you're not going to take anybody's deposit. You're going to take your own mm -hmm. figuratively speaking. It has more to do with the mindset of what you do and how you do it with your money than it is what you're thinking that it, that it might be. Okay. So don't get intimidated by that word. If you follow the, you know, the things that I've been saying and you, 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 oh, I can see how that, I, I can see how that works. I can do that. Then you are operating within a banking system by doing that. It's just, you don't realize that you're doing it. Cause I haven't, I haven't put the, I haven't put the, I haven't overlaid the framework yet and put everything in relation to each other and kind of showing you the lay of the land so that it all, oh, now I see, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, right, this thing over here. Oh, so when you start to swap out some terms and you start to look at things in a bigger, in a little bit different sense, it really starts to make, it starts to make sense, sense it, you know, it, you know, at that point. Kind of like it's self-contained. Well, yeah, it is self-contained. And that is part of the, that's, that's part of the benefit to it. So, um, so getting back to that example number two, um, instead of selling the house, 
you'd use a home equity to collateralize a loan, take that loan, use that to pay off the credit card debt, okay? Now, the key to this concept is the strategy. It's rule number one in my book, which is keep and protect your capital, okay? Which is what we failed in number one. We gave up our capital. We got rid of the debt, but we lost We lost our house, right? Now, I know in this example, nobody said, oh, I would never sell the house to do that. That's silly. I wouldn't have a place to live in that. But what if I said it wasn't the house? What if I said it was money in a savings account? Your savings account, right? You got $30,000 of debt. You got $30,000 in the savings account. Credit card's costing you 24%. The savings account's paying you one. Well, that's an easy decision, of course. I would at least take some of the money out of the savings and pay off the credit card debt. Look, I'm going to profit by 23% every time. And uh, that's not wrong. It is right. And it's financially a probably a good thing to do. But it's not optimal. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it fails this rule. It fails this test. You gave up your capital. You would be better off if you could go keep your savings account, go to the bank and say, hey, I need a loan to pay off these, this, you know, this credit card debt here. And I will give you, I will put up my savings here, right? Now they might, you know, it, it may not work out exactly like that. Like you might have to put it into a CD or you might put it into a different kind of account or something. But anyway, the point is, is that, I'm not spending my capital. I'm simply putting it up. I still own it. Therefore, I own the financial performance of that capital because I never because I still own it. But I'm using it as collateral to borrow additional funds to do something beneficial with. All right. And when you look at it in that sense, now to for it to really, really, really sink in, we'd have to put numbers to it and go through an example, and that's just it's beyond the scope of what I can do here on here on the radio. Um, but that is, and I that's an I I will tell you from experience because I just had somebody do it, mm. and you know I mean, <laughs> you know there's I I can only go so far with people, right? It's you know if I had tried to they. She just would not have gotten this, right? It's not she's dumb, not she's not sophisticated or that, but this is this is a little bit out there in the field. In fact, you might be sitting here right now like, oh, this guy's crazy. He's way out in left field. What the heck is he talking about? This makes absolutely no sense, all right? Well, guess what? It didn't make any sense the first time I heard <laughs> about it and started thinking about it. But it, this, so I've had the benefit of having years to kind of get comfortable with this idea and seeing things over and over and over again. I see these patterns happening. Why are they happening? And the way, you know, like, gosh, it's like, it always seems like when this happens, this other thing happens. And these two things, they always seem to like happen together. And, you know, this number seems to match this number over here or the arc. It's a factor of this number, like all the time. Like why, you know, and I see my brain, I just, it's, it's weird, but I kind of see and pick up on those kinds of patterns, those, those things like that. It's just, it was weird. So I just started to look into it. And that's where I started to kind of draw these conclusions, connect these things together, seemingly disparate concepts and ideas. Separately, we know they're true, but it turns out they're related. And they're not only related in like one sense, they're actually seem to be related in practically all, all senses. So, um, you know, with the home, this is, this seems simple. 
But with the savings account, uh, you would probably make the wrong decision. Now, it's not the wrong decision like, oh, if you make this, you're <laughs> you really screwed your finances up, man. You're going to the poor house. You know, like you're going to end up in bank. You see, it's not that. See, remember, it's the more dangerous kind of wrong, which is, well, it's not really wrong per se. It does get a benefit. But if we had done this other thing, we could have saved our capital. We could have still got the debt paid off. And then I don't have to start from zero to build that back up. So I might have saved myself three or four years of payments there. And so it's not mm. three, it's three to four years today, but it's three or four years of compounding on the back end of this deal. And if you're going to have, you know, a million to maybe $3 million down the road, I know this, this might seem like huge numbers to you, but the way inflation's going and the way property values are going and stuff. I mean, once upon a time, somebody said, you're going to have $500,000. You'd have thought it was all the money in the world. And today it'll barely buy you a house. Mm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, you know, money has a, Again, you know, it has a tendency to expand and inflate over, you know, over time. So, Mm. um, you know, if you miss out on something that you could have gotten, there is a, there, there is a loss, an opportunity loss or an opportunity cost that never gets calculated because nobody shows up with the bill and says, ha ha, you know, you you wound up with a million, but you could have wound up with like 1.8 million. I get silly decision back there where you paid them credit cards off that cost you 800 grand. Like, huh, what? You know, like I thought it was the right thing to do. Most people are going around doing what they think is the right thing because what their parents taught them, what they saw their friends doing, it's what they heard on TV. They read it in a book or they, they heard it from wherever, right? So they think they're doing the right things. They're trying to do the right things, trying to make the right decisions. And they're making those decisions. They're making them with confidence and they feel good about them when all of a sudden there could have been something better, significantly better. So that's what, that's, that's what this is. Rule number one there is just keep, keep, you know, you know, keep your capital. So, um, Tell you what, let's go to break now. This is a good a good spot because there's a little bit more on this concept, and then we will we'll uh, wrap her up. All right, we'll take a quick break here. You're listening to Homewise. That's Michael Midget. I'm Stel Pontikas. Glad you've joined us for the show. We'll be back right after this quick break. Welcome back to HomeWise. I'm Stal Pontikas with the hosts of the show, Michael Midget. And Michael, let's get back into it here. Thanks, Stel. All right. So if you are still with us, that I, tell, I, I warned you. I said it was deep and thick and kind of heavy. All right. So if, the con- if it's not sinking in, trust me, I, it almost sinks in with nobody like the first time. Right. So remember, you can always go back. You can get this episode along with all the previous episodes and more uh, at homewiseradio.com. There you can download it. You can pause it, fast forward it, reverse it, play it again, slow it down, you know, like all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cool things you can do with technology today. But we are talking about uh, being your own bank, right? Thinking in the mindset of being your own bank. And the main key concept with that that we've uh, we've talked about so far is keeping, protecting, 
not spending, and I would use the word not squandering your capital, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we started to work through the debt consolidation example. And I laid out, I laid out two, you know, two examples. You know, if you were going to do a debt consolidation or if you're going to use the the home equity in your house to pay off your credit cards, right? Um, you have two, you have two ways you could do that. You can sell the house, get the cash, pay off the credit cards, right? Got a whole host of problems with it. Uh, not the least of which is, you know, you don't have the asset anymore. So you don't have the capital anymore. You don't, you've lost all the future growth associated with that. And you might, I, I didn't run the numbers on it, but you might be able to make the case that if that's what you were going to do, you might be better off just keeping the credit cards and paying them out. Even though you're paying 24% on them, they're not going to last forever. The idea though, is that you do want to keep your capital forever and you want it to grow into the future, right? Because that is, think capital equals wealth. Right. That's your that's your equity. You know, in a house, it's equity. We understand that it's what the house is worth minus what we owe on it. That's equity. That's capital. It's wealth. It's capital. You know, what's in your bank accounts, what's in your investment accounts, your 401k, all that kind of stuff. Um, just the part of this is training yourself to think in terms of what, 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 what your financial goals really are. And I know like people think like, oh, you know, I want a house. I want a boat. I want to, I want to be debt free. I want to go to college. I want to pay off my college bill. You know, I want to, I want to retire someday. I want a bigger house. I want a smaller house. I want a second car. I want a beautiful fan. You know, I mean like all these things that, you know, in, in, wrap around and become what we think of as our, as a, you know, as our financial world. And it can get really, it's chaos. Hmm. <laughs> it's honestly, it's <laughs> chaos. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you keep track of it? I'm like, I'm just fighting like the right, I, like the next guy, you know, but there are a few things. I mean, I, you know, I've got a handle on this. Um, and it really, it helps guide you along the way. Uh, to give you at least some, you know, some big picture, you know, some big picture ideas. So you could sell the house, but the preferable version of that is to use the equity instead of spending the equity directly to collateral, use it as collateral for a loan. Okay. Home equity line of credit. Oh, okay. That makes, I, I heard you say that before. I know what that is. You go, you get a home equity line on your house. I don't have to pay off my existing 2% first mortgage. This is great. You know, I can pay off, you know, like, okay, this works. I understand it. You're using your house as a bank. You're keeping your store of capital. You're protecting that store of capital. It's a, only a partial solution if you only do the debt consolidation. If you're going to follow through and eliminate it, you've got to pay the debt. You've got to pay the debt back. Mm -hmm. So- that is a key component of being a banker, right? First off is you have to pay yourself back. If you don't pay yourself back, you never get your equity back. Okay. Now, the reason I say it like that is because there's been more than once I sat down with people and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to put my credit cards in my house. Mm -mm, no, no, no. I, that's not, that's dumb. Like, oh, who would ever do that? And you're like, you're right. Who would ever do that? I'm not intending for you to spend your equity to pay off your credit cards. 
Now they don't, they didn't think through this and say, oh, because I want my capital to grow at, in perpetuity and, you know, into the future and the debt's going to pay off. They just think like credit card house on house, stupid, right? And okay, so the, the, the logic gets you to the right place, even if it's not for the right reason. The problem is, is that with that thinking, without the knowing and the understanding, do you make the right decision next time, mm. right? And so- if you don't do this and you still manage to get the debt paid off, what's your next move? You know? And so even a debt elimination plan by itself is in the grand scheme of things of producing and growing capital, building personal wealth into the future is it's in and of itself a partial solution. Now, the reason the debt consolidation is is bad as a partial solution is because it could wind up costing you more, right? It's unlikely that the debt elimination plan, if that's where you stopped, that it would end up costing you more because when that debt is paid off, you've kind of locked in that, that, you know, that financial benefit there as long as you didn't spend your capital, right? So if you do the home equity, so if you do the if you do the plan and the model the way that I've laid it out so far, which is the home equity line, reduce the payments, create the margin, build whatever margin you can scrape and claw and build together like Dave Ramsey would have you do, put all that together and speed through that snowball meltdown plan as fast as you can and come out the other side and say, debt free, you know, done. We're not, <laughs> you know, like, mm. happy, you know, let's throw a party. You should throw a party. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a big deal, right? Um, if that's where you stop, okay. I mean, there is more to get because it's not the end. It's that's not the end game, but it is a it is a milestone you can stop at, and because you've got a locked in benefit with just the consolidation by itself, is which is what you normally get when you go to a mortgage. If you get this from a typical mortgage person, all they do is is the consolidation because they're just flipping you into a loan even if they get it right and don't do the first and you do the home equity line. Now, the worst case scenario is you get a partial solution and you do the first, you give up the two or the three you got now and you get a seven or an eight, you know, and like, oh my gosh. Mm. Now you really, like, you think you weren't spending cap, you are spending capital now because it's going to cost you more to get out. So you have taken a step, a step backwards. And really, if somebody, if I wanted to give a true technical version of that answer, that is what that, what, that, that is the, the technical answer that I would give. And it would just, heads would spin around, eyeballs would roll back in heads and we'd, mm -hmm. you know, we'd lose them. So if you're, <clears throat> if you're, <clears throat> if you're doing be your own banker, mm -hmm. excuse me, if you're doing be your own banker, you've got to pay yourself back, right? So when you're taking the $600, so remember the $900 credit card payments, reduced to 300 on the home equity line, that's $600 spread. When you pay it back into the loan, you're paying down the home equity loan. You're paying the loan down. So you're getting out of debt. You're eliminating debt because now the credit cards are still there. They're just in a different form. Okay. But that form took the form of reducing your overall net worth, which really the credit cards already did, but people don't think of it that way because mm -hmm. they're not attached to the house. Right. And see, that's the thinking with, oh, I don't want to put my credit cards on my house. That's silly. So, but you didn't get around it because you still had the debt. So when you're looking at personal wealth in a grand 
in, you know, big picture, it's still, you still don't, you still don't have that money. You just, it just shifted places on the balance sheet, right? But when you make that $600 payment in there, you are paying yourself back. You are paying back what? You're paying back capital in the form of home equity driven by the pay down of that loan. Remember, per family home, mortgage loan, make payments. With each payment, you're building equity. This is that. We're just artificially paying a bigger payment so that we can pay it back because that's our stated goal. That stated goal is in sync with the banking, the overall framework banking goal, which is to protect our capital. See, we didn't, we didn't directly spend the capital to get, you know, to get out because uh, we maintained the ownership of it, but we did put a lien against it. So at some day, if that lien was never paid, then it would be taken out of the capital. We would lose, we would lose the ownership of our capital at that point. But when we're doing this this way, when we're paying ourselves back, we're replenishing our capital. That's a form of protection. We're growing that, we're growing that back. We're growing it back out of a financial benefit created through the collateralization, uh, through the protection of that capital in the first place, which is where that idea of collateralization comes from. So now I'm mm-hmm. sure I just lost you there, <laughs> all right? It's okay. I almost lost myself. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is out-of-the-box thinking, but it's not out-of-the-box like crazy financial idea. At this point, all I've done, right? So if it seems like I've gone off the reservation, I really haven't. All I've done, the only thing that I have done is I've introduced new terms. I've things that were labeled something else. I've given you an addition. I, I still call them that, right? But I gave an alternative label to it. The alternative label identifies it within this new framework, okay, right, of being your own bank. Okay. And don't let that terminology (laughs) fool you into thinking that I'm talking about something that I'm not. And by the way, if you go search this on the internet, there is no, this, I'm not talking about buying whole life insurance. I'm not, this isn't infinite banking or be your own banker. Although the concept is similar, right? So infinite banking and all those things are just a branded solution application of some of these concepts in a specific separate framework, not mine, theirs, that goes to sell or make a case for buying whole life insurance or some type of cash value or permanent life insurance. By the way, it does work. I think it's blown up. It's over, it's oversold. It's said, it's told, they, they tell you it can do things that it does not. Okay. Um, but there is a financial benefit there if you do it right. But those same tenants that drive that also drive this. Why? Because it's the laws of the financial universe. Go back to the very beginning, the title of this thing, the most powerful process in the universe, financial universe, banking. Countries' power, government power comes from its currency, the way that they they manage their economies, the way they manage people. I mean, just think about it. You know, Later today, we're getting... Um, you know, we're, you know, so we record this on Wednesday mornings. It's out of the box. We're getting a Fed announcement later on, by the way. Um, people are hanging on the edge of their seats to see what's going to happen from that. It's banking. 
it's, you know, in a, in a bigger sense, it's, you know, it's banking. So, um, there is a lot of power that, you know, you know, there's a lot of power that comes with that. Banks are very profitable. They're very powerful. Um, they control people's lives. Money controls people. If you get this right, you, you, you get to take back some, at least some, if not most of that power from them, because you can be self-sufficient. That doesn't mean you don't have accounts at banks anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't utilize banking products anymore, but you are utilizing them differently. Okay. So there's a, an even bigger picture here, but I got to kind of ease you, you know, I got to ease you in, but that's it. I mean, that is, I've walked you through the banking framework inside of the debt consolidation example that we've already talked about 16 different ways related it to a real estate transaction, did the, the term comparison. I alluded to the fact that you could do it with a savings account instead of the home equity line. It's still the same thing to illustrate way you might make one decision one way, but another decision another way and that. So I know you'll have questions. Um, you can get this episode, previous episodes at homewiseradio.com. You can download them. You can sign up on the uh, mailing list for more information there. You find out how to reach me. Um, I build these plans. I said I build them the best way I know how using systems that I had not fully disclosed before. Well, this is some more of that disclosure here. The You now have more insight into the ideas behind why I, how I do it and why I do it, how it can be beneficial to you and how it's superior to other solutions out there. Um, if indeed there are even solutions, they might just be a partial solution. If they don't at least consider the, you know, the, you know, the paying yourself back piece. Mm. So, um, my mortgage website, go shelter.com. You can reach me direct my telephone number, uh, phone or text, 314-275-0314. And that wraps up this edition of HomeWise. That's Michael Midget. I'm Stel Ponticus. Thanks so much for joining us for the show. You've got all that information online that you can access, and we're glad you uh, came along for the ride. Hope you'll join us again next weekend for another edition of HomeWise. Loans and loan information provided by Shelter Mortgage, Inc. Visit us at GoShelter.com and MLS number 192609. A Missouri residential mortgage licensee and equal housing lender. Call 888-497-2558 for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply.